right, and hello, everybody. Episode 56 of the Home Ice Advantage podcast. How are you feeling today, Colin? I'm feeling pretty good. That's it, huh? Yeah, I don't I don't even have a joke to make. I just feel good. <laughs> so I want to talk about the game briefly, I guess. But I, I really want to get into the – so I basically spent the two – you know, Sunday and, you know, Monday up until the game reading every series prediction I could find. And it was – if you like, the fans had us easy money, and uh, which is a lot, saying great fan base, great organization, lovely people. Um, and then – a lot of the media had the Bruins going the other way. And a lot of people, I heard Adam Gold bring this up too. People were just burying Auntie Ranta. Like, I think he, you know, people forget that he's very, very, very good. He's just injury prone. His issue has never been the product on the ice. And while I think he affects. You know, if Freddie Anderson was done for the year, I, I don't think you could get 23 games back to back or every other day with Ronta. I think he affects your cup chances. But in a series, that's pretty good. So there's a lot of that. I, I've already started compiling a list of um, uh, of the necessary people to call out if it comes to that. Great fans, great organization. Um, yeah, what were your thoughts on Ronta? The like, just like everything going into the game. I mean, I I feel like I've said it before. I, I mean, I know for a fact I have. I'm not all that worried. So going into the game, getting to our seats, all great. And you know, it like hit me during the national anthem that this might be my first like non-COVID franchise game. I mean, uh, playoff game which is just completely different, obviously. Um, and then I felt really good until the game started, and then I didn't feel so good until, I don't know, three minutes left in the second period. Yeah, I don't think it's that different. I, I've seen a lot of that, to be honest with you. Between like, oh, the building just feels different than last year. I mean, those games were 95% capacity. And there were not a lot of masks. And so I don't know. I think what's made the the opening here, this, this first game, what made it so loud, was that I, you obviously don't like the team you're going against, right? Like you're rooting against them. But people really do not like the Bruins. Right. So I think that was a large part of it is that – and that, like – I mean, what would be – if you know, it's funny because so the Canes won, and a lot of the coverage today is, well, it was a close game, which it – I think people are making out closer than it was – or was, but it was close-ish. And uh, you're saying, oh, not worried, not worried. I think if the score had been reversed and the efforts were the exact same, 
people would be like, well, Boston is forming into a wagon at the exact right time. This is this is a playoff tested veteran team, and and they're I mean they're going to make noise in the playoffs this year. Watch out! And, and they've got the commercial break and all that. So I, I think that's part of it too, from the Canes fans' perspective, is that you want to hold serve, you you want to leave with home ice advantage. It takes two, but you're halfway there. Um. Not a lot of Bruins fans in attendance. It was better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it was definitely a mix in our favor. Yeah, I would say it was 90%. Yeah, I would agree. If not a little higher. Yeah, it was. It's Part of me wonders if there's not a bit of a like self-fulfilling prophecy where – so you're like a Canes fan, right? And, uh, look, I would never take my kids to a Rangers game because the fans are awful. It always becomes this, like, gross thing, you know? Like, you don't win, you've got, like, even when you do win. Do you remember when we were up, like, 5-1 against the Rangers? And then they got within, like, two with, like, three minutes left. And that guy, like, three rows back to start going ballistic? Yeah. It's like, bro, you're down two. Like, think about how incredible that series of events was and how unlikely it was. And you're down two. Like you gotta gotta have some respect for the game, you know? Yeah. But but I, I think that creates a bit of a like like an Ouroboros where it's like Oh, there's always so many Rangers fans, so I'm just not gonna go and people who would normally go and who are obviously Canes fans and who are, you know, we have the best fans in the NHL. Uh like they don't go, so it's shitty. Because it's shitty. It's shitty on a loss. It's great on a win. We'll, we'll, you know what we'll call it? Because it's emotionally charged. Um, people don't go. I, I don't know what you could do to fix that, to be honest with you. Because I'm, I'm against not – like, you got to – if they buy the ticket, they come in, you know, no matter what. Yeah. They're not limiting people. And I'm not hiding uh, – well, during the Preds last year – I got into a back and forth with with the with the Preds guy, and upon research, they were so worried about the Blackhawks coming in and uh, like stealing their seats that you could only buy them like like they opened early and you had to buy them at Kroger. I like the customer service desk. And you you had to prove that you like lived in the state and stuff. Yeah, I had to have a state ID. So I, I'm not for that or anything, but yeah, leading into the game, I'm still pretty nervous. Um, you'd like to get this in five. That was my prediction. I'm not. I that was what I think you need to do, not a prediction or anything like that. If you can win both of these here, I think you're in a really, 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 really good spot. Um, what did you think about the game just in general? I mean, uh, you know, we already had. I was. Very worried until two minutes or three minutes left in the second, but I got a the, the only like highlight to this entire game, and this is I'm gonna have to climb onto a soapbox for this and take a little bit of hate, but that fourth goal, non goal bullshit thing, like literally still hasn't left my head. It is so upsetting yeah. that they just call it a goal and then review it. Like, okay, it's hard to ref a game. I would never do it. I couldn't do it. I'll admit this. But if you're saying that there's going to be human error, why not limit it? Because that's a huge limit in swing all the way if you allow that goal. 
which it was. Yeah. It was a goal. Yeah. What I don't understand, and Trip Tracy talks about this a lot with high sticking, where so high sticking, if you call it a double mate, a double minor, the refs are allowed to review it, and if there is like team on team contact, they can actually like negate the call. So it's not like uh, any of like is, is, it, is it roughing or anything like that, where they like if they give you the five minutes. It's the five. Like, can't go back and do it. Like, you have to give you the penalty, right? So they can assess you the double minor or whatever on a high stick. They can call it off. And to me, I actually see because it didn't look like a goal to me at first. But when you get the bird's eye view, which they don't have access to because they aren't birds, right? They they were on the ice. You can actually see that, like. Whoever it was, like, I don't remember who was involved or anything, but it, the cane was, like, in the mix, but he, like, was being pinned outside of the out of the blue ice and didn't have anything uh, to do with it. And then it, it slid. I didn't think anybody moved his pad or anything like that. And what annoyed me about it is just call it a goal. And if it's not a goal, Boston will challenge it. It'll, it'll go to review. It'll go to Toronto. Right, you guys will figure it out, and then if it's not a goal, it's not a goal. And if they look at it and think it's a goal, and they don't challenge it, then it's a goal, right? So that's that's what I, I would call a lot of things a goal. Honestly, uh, if the if you blew the whistle and you wave it off, that's different and stuff like that. But unless it's really evident, I would almost always call it a goal, and then let the video rooms figure it out. So. I I also enjoy the fact that when do you think Gary Bettman, the last time Gary Bettman was in a building where you got a refugee chance? I don't know. I mean, the man's always going to be booed, but a refugee chance is special. It does not happen a lot. I don't think that's true. Like, I I watched all three games last night. Or I guess not all three. I watched us where we had one, and I watched. Uh, hold on, this truck's driving by. I'm actually walking around the arena right now. I see our little squares up. A little, little bit of a calm before the storm. But I watched us where you got one. I watched Edmonton, uh, Edmonton Kings, where the record point in my favor on that. Uh, where you got one and I watched and I kind of just flipped back and forth between them like I would watch until the period ended and then go to the other one so I didn't even watch all of those games but you also got one like you're just going to get in the playoffs you're going to get a ton of that I bet you when Kyle Clifford got chucked they started chanting ref you suck in Toronto too so um I, I guess we can this as a smooth transition. Uh, do you want to talk about why Bettman was even in the building? Um, we can get to that at the end. Okay. I think. I thought a lot of good things came out of this game. The the thing is, is I if I'd like, and this this isn't like scientific. It's just like my gut feeling. It felt like a two-two game was played through regulation in terms of how everything shook out. Maybe three two, 
for the uh, for the the Bruins, and they had a, they really had a tremendous first period. And I I knew if we could get out of the first, this is also not scientific, but it's something I do to make myself feel better at hockey games. Is when I got 14 shots, I was like, perfect. That's like half their shots gone. And there's still 40 minutes of hockey left. It ended up not being the case. Um, I think I ended up getting 34, 35. But, you know, the Canes are only going to give up 30 shots a night. So when teams have those big, uh, big periods like that and we go goalless, I consider that, like, very good for us. It's obviously very good for everybody, but we just don't give up a ton of shots. So I felt really good about that. It was nice to see, you know, when you when you talk about this team, one of the things you talk about a lot is, um, like, do they have the secondary scoring to win a cup? Because you don't have elite point getters, you know, at the top. Like, you can't just be – Whoop, four deep on the, the four check and be able to roll lines that way. Like you have to really be able to score. So getting a Niederreiter goal, which was kind of a seeing eye goal, but hopefully, you know, gets a little confidence going. Getting a Trocheck goal, which was another, you know, off the mask and in. He took that shot a hundred times. He hit it three or four times, maybe, you know. So getting those guys on the board. Hopefully, you can keep things going. I thought you saw – I saw a little bit of bitching about, like, Bear. Oh, where's Bear? But you saw, the, like, Brendan Smithy and Cole, like, oh, that's why they're here. Like, this makes perfect sense. I thought they looked good. Do you think you're going to get Swayman or Olmark? Or, or that my tongue tied me. I'm going to start calling him Linus. Do you think you're going to get Linus or you're going to get uh, Swayman on Wednesday? I think they already announced that it's uh, uh, Swayman. Or, yeah, hold on. That's interesting. That sucks because I do think he's better. But I didn't think uh, any of those goals were really Omar's fault. Like, I saw people kind of gripe, like Boston fans gripe about the Trocheck goal. I mean, that's just really unlucky. You know, most of the time it hits your mask and flies up and away, and you get a whistle. Instead, it, you know, like I didn't think... Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean? That was a, that was a pro-level goal by Vincent Trocek. He knew, he was looking at it, did the mathematics, knew it was going to bounce off just like that. Come on. Yeah. Well, so, and those, we do get a lot of those goals because of our shot totals, you know? Or we do get a lot of just like throw it on and not work it. So it, like it, it's not like crazy, like a crazy bad goal or anything. But I thought the defense played really well. I thought Slavin was incredible all night. Like he was just eating people up. I, I mean, thought Pesci looked pretty good too. I didn't see anyone all night where I was like, Holy shit! They can't play next game. There was a couple of times with like what that misplay, but no one played a bad game. I don't think. And and the stall line too, 
man, I don't know how sustainable it is against the the Bergeron line. But if he can keep, it's kind of like a win-win. Like what I was seeing from my perspective is that they would go third line and they would, you know, just like traditional stall, Nino, Voss. And then they had Pesci and Shea with them a lot, right? Like on, on last change situations, they they would have, that was the pairing a lot. And then on the second line with Pasternak, they would um, – they would they would put D'Angelo and they would put Slavin out with with uh, Trocek who he told me this after the game which is kind of funny because we were bitching about it where I was like like I, I in my brain Eric Hall was like dominating in the faceoff circle like I just like and maybe he won a bunch of important ones I don't know but I like I was like wow uh, like we're just getting crushed and then you told me after the game like no. We, everybody was incredible in the face-off circle. Yeah, Vinny was like the only one who wasn't, and he still held like 41. So, yeah, he too. It looks like what we're doing instead of trying to clean win them is we're really gutting up the dot and letting our wingers go to work. And our wingers are way better than theirs in terms of depth and hustle. Like Pasternak is a really good player, and it's not hustle is not even the way to put it, but that's not his game. I mean, it's just we we forecheck a lot more. Like we yeah, used to, so, we used to getting it out. Yeah. So from that perspective, I thought it was a, a good game. I think it was like fairly close. Again, I think people are making it seem like you know, like there's that who's that guy? It's, I don't remember his name, but they had that very close tip in right before. We scored in the second. Not not the Nino goal. Was the, who scored the first goal? It was Seth Jarvis, right? On the Jarvis, deflection. Yeah, Jarvis off a deflection from Slavin. So, like, there was a lot of, like, oh, if we'd gotten that first goal, I don't think that really, like, would have changed much. We have a pretty good record, all things considered, being, like, not scoring first. And that's it's a losing record, for sure. But, um, that that to me is like part of our recipe for success. We dominate if we win first. Like we dominate, we win a ton if we score first, and we're not out of it if we don't. So I don't know. Like to me, I'm really. It, it's not like winning is good, but if we had come out there, and this is to, you know like the game was closer than five one, you know, and if we had gone out there and laid the wood and really just outplayed them and beat them, I feel pretty good. But that may be – I'm literally about to knock on a tree because they're a great team with a great fan base. Knock on wood. That could be one of the three best games they play in the series. And you stole it. You know, you, you were able to kind of survive that first period and then start the only game in the second, and then I thought they were really good in the third. So – I um. I agree with that, and I actually think it helps us out in game two. I mean, this is all hocus-pocus, of course, but imagine you're a Boston uh, player who's away from home. You're not supposed to win this game anyways. You put your all into game one, and you didn't get it. So why are you going to put your all into game two to not get it again? Might as well just go home. Take it easy. Yeah, well, I think, too, to say, like, um, you know, how do you say? I think they came in 
and like I don't think those regular season games really mattered as much to them as they did to like us, right? To to the actual players like the Canes. But I don't think the fans really cared. I know they didn't because they still don't fear us, even though now the goal differential is like twenty-one to two. So I thought this was fun. Uh, so, but what I'm getting at is, is like, so they came in and they were like, Hey, we're going to like, like big B's hockey. Here we come. And they got it. Like they, again, even enough game and they did their thing and you still don't get the win. That's like, I don't like, I think in that locker room, they thought they were going to win in five, maybe six, but they're going to split here which I could still do, when both at home, lose game five, win game six kind of thing. I think they think that they're – that they were going to come in here and beat the shit out of us. And they, I mean, they didn't. So we'll see. Now if you're the Canes too, you – again, you always try in the playoffs. But if you if you score the first goal within like the first five minutes tomorrow – you're going to be in a good place. Yeah. Honestly, did you? We were. We weren't letting them push us around, which I realize we get a lot of. Uh, you know, the Hurricanes need need to be more physical, need to be more physical, which I usually, I'm kind of whatever about. But they they tried really hard as we were up like three one. We'll get physical, bother the Canes, and we didn't let it happen. We were physical back when we needed to be, or just let them peck at us because we didn't want to take the penalty. Yeah, I was about to. I was literally about to ask you about that. It's funny you brought it up. I thought, like from my perspective, I thought we did a really tremendous job of while well, some kid left a little, little like fake hockey puck, like stress ball, out, out on the road. I'm like walking around the stadium right now. It's mine now, kid. Oh my god. <laughs> stealing from kids and making a record of it what a time <laughs> but I thought we did like you said a good job of like we matched big hits with big hits but you're right when they tried to get a little goony and maybe get some calls I thought a lot of the penalties were soft on both sides in the game though I don't disagree like I felt there was like, only one penalty in the entire game that I 100% was a penalty and it was the overized call like that one's cut and dry, but everything else is like, eh. Yeah, yeah. The delay game is what it is, too. But like, everything. You, what's annoying about it is like, everybody knows that they just call X number of penalties, right? Yeah. And they would argue like, no, 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 no. We call the game, but I, I was listening to the um to the LFR from the game yesterday and Dangle made like an observation I thought was interesting. It's probably the best way to like put it moving forward. But the idea was like, you know, we're never going to call every penalty. That's not the league. But he commented that he thought that, and I didn't watch the game. I don't know. Uh, he commented that every cross check or, roughing or whatever, tripping that affected, like, possession got called. Hopefully, that's what you would get 
here moving forward. You know, I thought like everything was pretty I, soft. I don't know because like so they they don't give us that goal based off human error, which I guess you have to be accepting of. But then, less but for the record, you them. don't because you just call it a goal. And then well, that's not even what I'm goal. saying. That's not even what I'm saying. We've had that argument, but so they they miss the goal and they see it on the jumbotron. There's no way they don't know that they just didn't give us our goal. So like less than two minutes later, they gave us the softest penalty, so we can get on the power play to make up for the goal. Like I don't want that. You know what I want? I want my fucking goal. Yeah, yeah. It's you know you know what kind of checked me by the way, coming into the what? game. They have these new porta potties up, and they're black and gold. With, with there's like a white roof, mostly yellow, and then like the stems that hold it up are black. And I was like, who approved this? The here's an interesting thing. I've been to you know a lot of hockey games at this point, not nearly as many as some other people, but more than you know a few. I have never once seen a paddy wagon in my life until that game. Literally just sitting in front of the arena. Yeah, I mean, people, people, people like the Bruins, right? They're animals. They know what's up. What a time. And uh, it was it was funny. Like, I don't know. Like, I if you could if you if you win game two, you're in like such a good position. I know that's like pretty like obvious. It's like duh, but. It feels like these first two are like must win, and then you're you're gonna get a game in Boston where they just like get it, you know, where they just like everything goes their way. I think I think it's important to have a multi-goal win. Like I don't want a two-three win because I don't know if that proves what we need. Like I don't know if that keeps them in our column that long. But you got that. You got that yesterday. Yeah, but one's always but be- I mean, two's always better than one. I mean, you won by four. No, but that's what I what I mean. Like they're gonna be like, okay, but we bounced back game two, only lost by one. We're gonna take in game three, game four. No, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Like to me, if you go in two zero, now they have to win at home, where they are one in. 13. Right? Like, we don't give a fuck about playing uh, against Boston, like, at all. Or in yeah. Boston. So, yeah, I'm not, like, I think you could, like, read, not you, just, like, in general, everybody. Like, you can read too much into that stuff. I don't think, like, how you win matters. Um, I almost like, cause let me paint this to you another way. Like I do a lot of like things, I compete a lot, a bunch of different things. Right. And I can tell you personally that if I like lose a squeaker, I feel less bad about that. I'm just like, Oh, it's a, B and C. Like if, if I had done this differently, if this had broke the other way or he made a good play here. But if I get like, if I get like whomped, like then I'm like, all right, let me like really like w- like something is like absolutely not working here. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. But I want them to be mollywopped twice. 
Like, I, yes, we did it game one. That's amazing. Let's do it again game two. And then go to – Yeah, but, but from your perspective, it's like, wouldn't we want them to think they're close and then go to Boston and get Molly Lop? Right? Like, I, I'm, what I'm saying is that you could dress that however you want. Like, the only the responder they won't. Whatever they will or won't respond to, like, it doesn't matter. So what what else do you want to see in game two? Like, what else do you think we need? Yeah, I don't – I want Stahl taking the face off against Bergeron every time. I don't care what side. Yeah, he was a hundred in the dot yesterday too. Yeah, and he's not like, you know, because what he does too when the wingers battle for it, it lets everybody get set up. It's like they go in, the defensemen find their man. Like I, and it, I, like I like Trocheck, and he's an important face off piece. But I think, again, against this Bruins team, like, they're not like a deep team, right? They're a team that possesses, like, overwhelming pluses in certain areas. And then they're a team that is, like, lightly underwhelming in basically every other facet. But they're so good. It's like, you know how in high school, like, like – and not every high school, but you'll see, like, in high school basketball, or even, like, in middle school basketball, you'll see, like, 6'10 kids. And they're not necessarily, like, very athletic, which I'm not saying about the Bruins. They are athletic and all that, but I'm going to finish my example. Like, they're not very athletic or even necessarily that good at basketball, but they're extremely tall, and they're extremely efficient at, like, getting rebounds and getting easy two-pointers and stuff. They're actually dominant, and they're not, like – complete basketball players they're actually even like not great at parts of the game but they're so overwhelmingly good at like a few very important factors that it goes their way so that's what i think of the bruins and if you can as stall is like hey like if the stall line continues to like neutralize the bergeron like face-offs they they're a very good set play team as well and it's going to go a long way for us i think um, so. You got anything else left on the game that you want to see in the game? I'd like to see Olmark back in net. I mean, a little bit, but I guess we'll we'll hit this and then we'll head off because this is supposed to be a short one. Um, so Gary Bettman was in the building on Monday, which if you ever see the commissioner in the building, expect an announcement. And as it turns out, he came to town to pitch the central authority on investing more into PNC Arena and finally doing the updates that they were talking about for like three years pre-COVID. I think too, I, I don't know if it was so much for that, which did happen. And, but what I took away from reading that article was that, cause that was the headline, which is a pretty like nice headline. But to me, what's really happening here. And like, I'm not a huge college basketball guy but I've always been lightly or college sports in general. Like I don't really like care for them. Like I watch like the tournaments and bowl games or whatever, but like I'll walk like action and stuff like that. Like I'll partake in that every couple of years for fun, but I don't care. But I've always been lightly state, but to me, like what Gary Bettman came down for and what people are here talking about is not so much like, cause well, I'm getting ahead of myself. It's actually yeah, like, let's, let's actually explain this a little bit. 
So the entire situation is that Tom Dundon wants to use his right of force refusal and build a ton of new shit around the arena. That'd be, there'd be entertainment spaces, there'd be retail spaces, there'd be a new concert venue, uh, there'd be hotel rooms, and it would all center around PNC and Carter Fenley. And Dundon wants to put personal money into this, and then he also wants um, the, I'm forgetting the name of the actual tax, but like the taxes you pay at hotels or like rent cars and stuff. That all goes into Vacation the tax. Yes, thank you. That all yeah. goes into a fund to be used to build things like PNC or the Raleigh Convention. Or that's what those taxes are there for. And NC State doesn't appear to be um, widely open to this idea. So I think Gary Bettman being down here, which is why it matters that he pitched to the central authority, was that, hey, it's not just the owner of your local sports team. It's the commissioner of the league. This is important. Let's figure this out. Yeah, and I think, too, like, so in, in the article they talked about this where there was an amount of, like, Gundon won't, like, he wants to build the space. And until he can build that space, he's not going to sign the lease. And the authority wants to um, give him the money to renovate the arena, but they want to, like, have him sign the lease first. I yeah. think – you know, I love tailgating, and I get where the NC State stuff is coming from, but personally, and again, grain of salt, I love the Hurricanes, but let's even use that as an example. I went to, I don't know, so it's state on land, right? That's what makes this complicated, and it's why, like, NC State gets to be a little bit of a bitch about it, and it's like, well... You know, turning over a state on land, yada, 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 private use. But ultimately, these parking lots exist for six home games a year. That's fucking yes. ridiculous. It, it's The actual insane part about it is that I saw a comment on that article that was like, oh, look at a billionaire trying to get uh, money from the state. That's not what this is at all. Yeah. It's literally about creating more revenue for not only the team, but the city, the state, the county. Yeah. I think one of the things I think that people don't understand about like economics in general and like business practices is there's like this belief that if like Tom Dundon is getting a dollar, then you or I or the state, like somebody's losing that dollar. But that's not what it is. Like, yeah, economics is a forever expanding pie. He is creating revenue of which he will get some, right? It is not some kind of like, yeah, you know, like uh, what do you call it? Like active charity. Yeah, the fans. He's going to make money, and the state's going to make money, and going to hockey games is going to be better for everybody. Yeah. Well, the crazy part of this is that the state owns the land the entire time. They've created generated revenue off of it the entire time like they have a stake in pnc we just manage it so yeah, and i think too, i don't know like briefly like oh well we need to like this is about like nc state and their fans and whatever like this is a huge win for the football fans yeah like what i think and they lightly touched on that i think you'll like i would just have like a parking deck somewhere 
and then I would I would have a like a, a tailgate zone. I'd, I'd you know like it'd be a loony bin. It would be awesome. Not not to be that guy, but the North Carolina State Fairgrounds, which were vacant fifty weeks of the year, were massive and they're right there. Like literally right there. Yeah, I don't love the fairgrounds not being ultimately what it comes down to. And for all the like billionaire talk and this and that, the building can't stay as it is. Right? Yeah. It's it's twenty five years old. And like these are the modern things you need. Like I go to like I go to uh uh, like uh, Philadelphia, a bunch. I have friends who live up there. I'm a huge Mets fan. I'm actually walking this like steep hill. I'm like, I'm kind of dying right now. But <laughs> I go to uh, I go to City Field and see Mets games. They all have this. They have yeah. restaurants. They have casinos. The trolley ride away. And for again, for all the like law billionaire stuff. Uh, if they move the team downtown and implement all these things, that's way cost prohibitive yep. to most of the people. It, it's also something that like would totally and could totally happen. Like this is not a veiled like threat, or an, it's not even a threat. But it's like if push came to shove, and they and, and they do need this. Like as an organization, we need this to happen to be like modern. We we'll just move downtown. That's where they wanted the team originally fucking 25 years ago. Yeah, but it's not like, you know, the Hurricanes are still a pretty modestly cheap date. Yeah. I don't think people respect that. You can, there's free parking. You know, there's free parking. The tickets are not expensive. None of it's a deal inside the building, but none of it's awful. You know? This, um, it also calls for the creation of like 200 more seats, the last renovation plans they had. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. So extra capacity, extra fans, let's get a rolling. Like, yeah, I just think, and you know, I'm not saying again, like Tom Dunnan is here to like make money. He wants to have this big new building, and when you get the new building, that's what gets you the All Star game. Right. Yep. And it's not even a big new building. Like it's mainly a facelift on the building itself, and just upgrading everything around it. Like having yeah. civilization near the arena. Because if you've never been to PNC, there was like almost nothing around you. You got a Wendy's. You got a Bojangles that opened up like three months ago, and then a like sports bar and a hotel right across the street. It's like La Quinta Inn, and that's about it. And all of those are away from your car too. Yeah, you have so, to cross major roads to get to them. Because what they want is that you would park where you park, then you would walk by all these things to the arena. And then on your way out, you could either beforehand, afterhand, or afterwards, uh, you could do all those things, and then just right back to your car. So. Also, this was a, a Luke DeCock article, by the way. We forgot to mention that part. News and Absorber. Um, there's a link on our Twitter account. But uh, you got anything else for game two? 
Yeah, that's like a must win. Yeah, I mean, around the league, I don't know. Around the league, I don't really have anything. Uh, I'm. Have you seen that? Uh, you, you saw that Kings win, right? Yeah. Saw that Leafs win, right? Yeah. West of the prediction, God? Question mark. Uh, I'll give you the Kings one because I guess I'm I'm here for Brown on his farewell season. Uh, it's game one. Give the least time. This is what they always do. They looked like they were going to eliminate Montreal last year. How'd that go? Yeah, I don't know. This feels different. I mean, that's what the least nation says every year, and it's never different. I don't know. Last year, I don't think it did feel different. I will say Steve Dangle is oddly positive, which is yeah, I think they believe, but not enough. Like. I don't watch that team every day, but I think those guys, that team, I think they believe, bro. I don't, I, I don't think they're gonna win the cup or anything crazy. As I say, I, I believed in the team for a decade. We still didn't do anything like that. Like, one of the, who was I listening to? I don't recall, which sucks. Um. But they made this point about like slaying your demons. Like every every cup winner, like you, you you build the team, you have some heartbreak, you slay the beast, and you win a cup, right? Yeah. So I wonder, or at least to make the finals, try to win the cup. But I wonder if this isn't just that part of the Leafs story where. Holy fuck. They play, the, they play the Lightning, and it doesn't matter that the Lightning are out of gas, or they're just not as deep and good as they used to be, which is what made them so scary in the playoffs. Like, you beat them, and you slay that demon, and good luck against the Panthers. Uh, but yeah, I don't, like, that's just how I kind of look at it. This, this might be their turn on that. Okay. Well, I've got nothing else if you've got nothing else. No, I'm actually just about to get home, so it's perfect. Okay. And in that case, also, there you go. Let's go, Kane.